Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hello and welcome to State of the Nation. We're broadcasting live at today's News Talk TNT. I'm Brian McLean out of Central Texas. I'm joined by Steve Hook from the Jersey Shore. Steve, great to see you today. It's February the 15th and uh, boy, we are uh, well into the week here. Things are really moving fast in the news cycle. Yeah, you're not kidding. And the news cycle keeps getting bigger. So um, I, I've been I've been glued to the set watching this Fannie Willis, Nathan Wade uh, soap opera. And uh, th- th- I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point during the course of the show. But lots going on. And I can't wait. We got George Papadopoulos a little bit later. So that'll be good. Talking about the uh, Taibi Schellenberger and uh, Gutentag series of articles blowing up the deep state uh so it's gonna be a good show man looking forward to it brother yeah yeah me too we got tyler nixon we got george papadopoulos like you said paul preston cheryl chumley senator brian jones and drew allen our first rodeo with drew allen i think so this is going to be a really good show let me remind you remind you that last december julian assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. This is really exciting. Also, the London premiere of The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, This will be happening at the Rio Cinemas on Sunday, the 18th of February. It's going to be great because there's going to be a QA and a and a panel discussion following the screening of the film uh, with Tariq Ali, uh, Kristen Harfson, and hopefully Stella Assange. So to find out more, just do a web search for The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, London premiere, and you'll get all the information you need. And don't forget that TNT will be there lighting that fuse for freedom. Now, Steve... Uh, you know, this is this is sort of an important one I have to bring up as we lead into this show because, you know, we are sort of media watchdogs here in the sense that we on today's news talk are allowed full free speech and we don't have uh, that's one of the reasons that we ask for your help for donations and things like that because we are not going to go to supporters and donors who are going to have any sort of editorializing uh, capability on this network. So that's something I'm very proud of, and I believe that uh, all my colleagues here are as well. But this is the reason right here. George Soros, this is a reason, a perfect example. George Soros, the left's favorite billionaire, is buying up American radio stations by the hundreds ahead of the 2024 election. So, uh, you know, <laughs> the, this is clearly part of a strategy, uh, you know, uh, riffing off of uh, Mike Lachance's article at Gateway Pundit here, um, because that's what Soros does. He hatches backdoor plans to exert influence over American politics. A few years back, he pumped a ton of cash into district attorney's races, DA races, and we've been talking about the effects of that ever since. It has degraded our society. It's degraded our justice system across the country. So we know how this is working out. So the Washington Times is reporting that George Soros scoops up 220 U.S. radio stations 
ahead of this coming up election. Um, this this is uh, and and he's also purchased a controlling stake in America's second largest chain of radio stations. So not just individual ones, entire chains, controlling interests in entire chains. Uh, this is uh, frightening, Steve. I don't like the sound of this. This is something that you would think should be outlawed patently in this country. Yeah, well, let me just say this. As a longtime radio guy, a guy that's been in the uh, trenches of radio for over 40 years, he's not doing this to make a lot of money. I can promise you that because the radio industry is uh, is is really hurting right now. Streaming has taken a big bite out of it. There's so many different options. Ask anybody under the age of 30 what their favorite radio station is, and they're going to look at you like you have two heads because they're listening to streaming uh, services like TNT Radio, for example. Uh, but, you know, Spotify and all of that stuff. So George Soros is doing this uh, for a very real reason. He's doing it uh, to help influence an election. That's what he's doing it for. Soros is buying up stations. Uh, you know, and you've got, uh, what's his name? Bill Gates buying up farmland. They've got a plan. They've got a plan, and it doesn't uh, doesn't include our input. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess this is a great time to remind you, TNT is an independent global news network talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's what we endeavor to do every single host here. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day, all night, just in two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time right now, and that story really illustrates why. And we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from the mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. So we're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT well, we seek the right investors to continue our important mission here at today's News Talk, TNT. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. So it's been a pretty interesting day today. The Fulton County judge in Trump's election interference case brought by corrupt DA Fannie Willis. Again, one of those DA uh, Soros uh, investments we just talked about. We'll that have, have been hearing evidence this morning uh, and afternoon on allegations that Fannie Willis engaged in improper in an improper relationship with the lead prosecutor in the election interference case against Trump and several associates which could dismiss charges and disqualify Willis from the case. So joining us now to discuss is commentary, is commentary writer and host of the Bold and Blunt podcast for the Washington Times, our friend Cheryl Chumley. Welcome back, Cheryl. We've been watching the hearing today, and uh, thankfully Steve has uh, taken on more of that than I have. I've popped in and out, and it's been a little <laughs> bit painful to view, but <laughs> what are some of your observations about how this is playing out? Uh, well, first off, thank you for having me back. It's great to be with you both. And, you know, Fannie Willis should just step back and do, do her side a favor, do law and justice a favor, because the optics are just horrible on this. No matter what comes out 
in court. We need people with integrity serving in our, you know, our justice system because of uh, any American citizen, no matter what your politics are, has to be looking at what's going on in Georgia right now with Fannie Willis and so forth and just shrugging their shoulders in frustration. We just need her to step back and recuse herself. Yeah, you're not kidding. I, I, I Cheryl, Brian uh, teased the fact that I've been doing, I'm taking the bullets on this one because I've been watching this all day. And I've got, I'm no lawyer, but you don't need to be a lawyer to see what's going on here. It's obvious. They were sleeping together. They were in a, a relationship. Uh, the most damning testimony came uh, from a former friend of Fannie Willis who apparently worked in the office of the DA with her or maybe worked with Nathan Wade. I didn't really get the connection. But at any rate, they were close friends. And she testified uh, under threat of perjury that, oh, yeah, this relationship started long before 2022. And she said they were together and an item and a known item in 2019. Well, that would blow the whole thing open because <laughs> both Fanny and uh, Nathan Wade are saying, no, no, it didn't start until 2022. But that's not apparently... Uh, that's not what her friend said. And this, uh, from what I hear, uh, this, this, uh, counsel that's, I guess it's, uh, it's Trump's co-defendant Roman is the guy's name. Uh, they said that they've got other witnesses that'll come forward, but I don't know if they're going to need to, this was pretty damning, huh? It, it it was it was damning and it just proves somebody's lying already right and and i just look back on fanny willis it was just a few weeks ago I remember where she went to church and she referenced god and god is her witness and that kind of plea um talking about her digging into her self-defense as if she had nothing to hide there was no guilt here and look how far we've come in just a few weeks now we're just debating on when the affair started and so forth and if you if you take it out a, a little bit and give it you know a, a higher look at what's going on with these leftist prosecutors these leftist district attorneys around america it it's kind of a win for our side because we've been watching with alarm george soros right and buying up the radio stations like you just referenced but prior to that, buying up the DAs and local prosecutors and so forth, and they're crumbling. We have Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, the one who went after Freddie Gray, um, you know, the six officers, very vicious uh, on the public relations scale there. And now she's facing up to 40 years for mortgage fraud. We have out in California, there is another district attorney. Uh, uh, I forget the county, but she is facing some sort of charges and ethics um, complaint because she supposedly abused her position and funded her boyfriend using taxpayer dollars. So now we have, of course, in Georgia, this with Fannie Willis with, you know, Trump's uh, White House campaign campaign in the lurch here. And I, I just think it's it's an awakening for American citizens to see the uh, chaos that's gone on in our local prosecutor's offices. And I think uh, a switch is coming soon. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up. And it's just, you know, uh, serendipity that we're talking about George Soros leading into this. You know, I, I didn't plan the show that way, but it's like, this is a perfect example. I mean, um, look at look at George Gascon. Look at um, uh, the guy we have out here in Austin, and look at look over there in uh, New Orleans right Billy now. Krasner. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. These these people are falling apart everywhere, <laughs> and for the for the last I don't even know how many years, um, 
even in in somewhat in in mainstream conservative media you're you've seen this over and over again it's almost like a neurolinguistic programming that has had to been employed by conservatives to just say soros backed da over and over and over again but i think it's actually been beneficial because now when things like this happen people can look at it and go oh that's one of those open society funded candidates right there and look what they do i mean do you think this is a, a for the nation uh for the nation zeitgeist is this a really good thing that we're seeing even though it's kind of a train wreck yeah i i'm going to take the optimistic approach today and and just say you know look at how it's crumbling it's crumbling on itself and that's a good thing because for so many years now, we've had to deal with George Soros, who doesn't even live in any of these communities, right? Buying up DAs and just funneling upwards of, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into these local races where the local the local uh, candidates running, they can't possibly match that. And so now we're seeing the consequences and the repercussions. And I do think that Americans of all political walks are waking up to this. I just read today a headline in CNN calling for Fannie Willis to recuse herself. And, you know, that's CNN. So uh, I'm going to take the optimistic approach and say, yeah, I, I think this is a good thing to see it all falling. <laughs> yeah, it is a good thing. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it's it's kind of all falling at once. We started the week off uh, with the uh, with, with the with the her report. Uh, yes. and, and so so the, the White House is kind of crumbling. These D.A.'s offices are crumbling. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, is it a horrible, horrible week for progressives or is it a very good, stupendous week for Donald Trump? Because this has been a very good week for Trump. And today's hearing with uh, this, this trial with uh, Nathan Wade and now Fannie Willis is about to take the stand herself. That's kind of a shock. I don't think she was even on the docket today, but she was probably sitting in her office watching her boyfriend literally get beads of sweat on his brow as he was testifying because he's really under the gun. And now all of a sudden she rushes into the courtroom and they're like, okay, well, we're going to take a break and we'll get uh, the district attorney up here. So they're, they're really sweating it, aren't they, Cheryl? They are. The Democrat Party in general right now is facing desperate times because with all this being thrown at Donald Trump, right? And I look at this this case in Georgia sort of as as one of those pesky flies that won't uh, that you know flies around your face as you're walking. She just keeps coming back with all these ridiculous charges. If you go back in time, the the fact that she's prosecuting under racketeering charges in itself is ridiculous. But to go to your point about a good week for Donald Trump, good week for conservatives, bad week for Democrats. Just look at the crowds that follow Don Donald Trump everywhere he goes and then compare that to the uh, the minute number of people who show up for Joe Biden wherever he goes. And that, that says everything right there. It says that the American people are not buying into the lies of the left and the deep state and the Soros-bought prosecutors uh, when it comes to going after Donald Trump. And we're sick of the lies and deception and we're standing up for Donald Trump and for MAGA policies. There you go. Well said, Cheryl. I would like <laughs> to recommend that you go to at ckchumley on x.com and follow that account over there. And of course, check out the Bold and Blunt podcast. And you can pick up Cheryl's book, Lockdown, The Socialist Plan to Take Away Your Freedom, 
that is always going to be a very relevant read. So we recommend you get a copy of that. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us here on State of the Nation. We'll look forward to your next appearance. Thank you. Have a good day. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost other family members in Israeli bombing raid. And we would say that this is probably, in terms of conflicts, uh, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured, in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted uh, a number of years. And only in the last three months are we scraping 100 on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. The benefits of advertising on today's News Talk, TNT Radio, should be clear to businesses of any shape or size. It can be accessed anywhere, anytime, by anybody, and is the perfect way to build brand awareness and stimulate digital activity. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. You are about to to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. We are always happy to welcome our next guest. He is the Senate Minority Leader in the state of California. He is uh, State Senator Brian Jones. And uh, Senator Jones, it's wonderful to see you today. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, appreciate Uh, it. And it's yeah, and it's also wonderful to see that you're actually working on some legislation in a bipartisan fashion. What an old-fashioned idea to work together. Right, exactly. Uh, well, and that's, <laughs> you know, I believe that that's the the best ideas come from from a bipartisan agreement, and uh, and we just need to keep pushing the issues here in California. Yeah, well, and you've got a lot of issues out there in California, but <laughs> right, w- one of one of them that you uh, have have tackled along with. Uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Al, Al, Alvarado Gill. Uh, it's this, Alvarado Gill. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the safe act. Why don't you tell us about the safe act? What's it designed to do? And, uh, and how did the legislation come about? Just kind of give us the nutshell of it all. Sure. Well, California has this crazy, uh, uh penal code system that talks about sexually violent predators that if you commit such a heinous crime uh, of, of a sexually violent nature, uh, you can be prosecuted and then this title be attached to your prosecution. So once you finish your prison term, then you're committed to state hospitals for rehabilitation of your sexually violent predator tendencies. And then once the state of California determines that you're healthy enough to be released, rather than keep you in a halfway house or keep you on state property somewhere or keep these sexually violent predators under the watchful eye of some kind of law enforcement operation, they actually release them into the public, into neighborhoods with families, children, elderly, uh, just a regular old neighborhood in a regular old house that the state has a a contractor called Liberty Healthcare that leases the homes and then puts these sexually violent predators, sometimes one or two of them together in one house. Uh, And that's just a complete unacceptable situation as far as I'm concerned, because they've tried several times in my district 
to put these sexually violent predators into these neighborhoods. And I've been committed for several years now to keep that from happening and change the law that allows it to happen. Yeah, I've I've looked into this uh, paradigm before, you know, the, the Liberty Healthcare, is that what you said it's called? Correct. Right. Yeah, and they're anything but healthcare, by the way. Yeah, it's a misleading name, first of all. Um, and and it they're able to just rent a residential home or a batch of residential homes right. and take a sexually violent predator uh, and and move them there directly out of prison, right? I mean, then and then That's, they do that. Well, out of the state or, hospital, yeah, actually out of the state hospital system, uh, which is no better than the prison system. And the the the, the challenge is is once the state releases these sexually violent predators, and and they, these guys are. These are the worst of the worst offenders. Some of them have multiple hundreds of victims. The crimes that they've committed on these people have changed uh, the, the individual victims' lives and their families' lives forever, and in, in some cases, death. And so why we're even contemplating letting these people out of prison is beyond me, out of the state hospitals beyond me. But then to try to argue that a private contractor should be responsible for them for watching, taking care of them, keeping track of them, getting them to and from their doctor's appointments, keeping an eye on the house, and then putting them in a neighborhood is just unacceptable. And and our our polite society shouldn't allow this to happen. Yeah, it it does it's seem like they're kind of putting them in a target-rich environment, to borrow a phrase. I mean it, in some cases, that's been that that's actually been a fact. Yes, I'll be damned. And 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 of course, the recidivism rate on these uh, sexual predators is through the roof. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yes. So let me ask you this, Senator: Do is the neighborhood where Liberty Health puts these people? Are these neighborhoods forewarned? Hey, you got a sexual predator that's going to be living. In yeah, this, they're in they're forewarned, house. but but they're forewarned late in the process. So once the state contracts with Liberty for a particular individual, then Liberty is responsible for going and finding a house, signing a lease. And oftentimes, we think most times, they sign the lease before they do the disclosure to the neighborhood. Because there's been several times in San Diego County where we've actually been able to fight these placements and move them to, there's no appropriate place, but uh, I guess less dangerous place uh, for lack of a better term, to tell you the truth, you know, my my proposal has always been that they need, if they're going to be released, they need to be on a trailer on state hospital grounds or on state prison grounds where they can be watched by the state, not placed in a residential neighborhood in a home nicer than a lot of my other, the most of my constituents actually live in and pay taxes and earn a living to live in these neighborhoods. So it's unfair that to burden them with this situation. So um, we're going to continue working on it. This is a statewide issue. As you mentioned, my co-author is from Northern California, a Democrat from Northern California. We're going to have multiple co-authors on this bill and I keep working on it to get it out of the Public Safety Committee here in the Senate. Yeah. And, and you know, you've been fighting this fight for a while. Uh, I was doing a little bit of looking backwards and uh, I recall your letter from 2022 with regards to um, one uh, Michael Martinez, who was right. uh, going to be in close proximity to children who fit the profile of his previous victims. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like, what the heck is happening here? Like, why should you have to make this argument? And almost like you said, back, back it up. 
It is. And like back it up one more step. Why is this person even out on their own? Right. You know, and having a, a home paid for for them like this. This does just doesn't make sense from the get. So we have been successful a couple of times in keeping them uh, locked up and not released. That's the best answer. You know, when I got elected to the Senate in 2018, I kind of knew what I was getting into because I had served in the assembly previously. But the very first constituent call we got, uh, as soon as I got sworn in in 2018, was from a neighborhood in my new dis Senate district that uh, that this was in, this was coming. That the the lease had been signed, the perpetrator had been released, and Liberty Healthcare was on the verge of actually placing them in the and fortunately that neighborhood uh, community uh, stood up stood their ground and we were able to stop that one uh, from being placed which was a, a huge victory and we've been working on this ever since you know i'm yeah uh, these especially when you uh, when you talk about violent sexual predators that's bad enough but so many of them choose children Right. And when when these guys go into prison, if they're dumped in general population, many of them never leave because they correct. leave in a, in, a, right. in a bag. There's there's uh, even there's a valor among thieves and these guys have no valor. Exactly right. Yeah, and right. and I I know a, a a lead detective in Hudson County up up in, in my way here in Jersey. And he'll flat out tell you. He goes, "Steve, you know what? If you're a murderer, they say, okay, well, stuff happens. If you're a thief, okay, stuff happens. But if you touch kids, you're a dead man. Right. And I think right. that I, I, this is just me, Senator, but I mean, I've always thought that chemical castration is the way to go with some of these guys, especially if they're, uh, you know, if they're multiple offenses, if, if, if they've sure. done it once and then twice and then three times, okay, it's time to castrate you i mean what do you think about that i know god the civil libertarians we go nuts but yeah well and of course you know here in california not just the civil libertarians but the the bleeding heart release everybody from prison folks uh would never go for that as well i haven't studied the medicine of that or the the science behind that so i, I don't know how effective it is or even what it takes to do that um all i know is these guys should never be let out of prison ever just because of the risk of recidivism and the risk of the of the vile nature of their of, of their offenses, why are we taking the risk that one more family is going to be permanently affected by this type of behavior? It's not worth the risk to put these guys out in any kind of general population with the communities. They need to stay locked up and they need to stay in, in prison where they belong. That's a really, really good point there. That's really important right there. And you know what? I'm going to expand on that a little bit, but we have a headline coming our way. So right after the headline, we'll come back and we'll pick up on that. What led to this? And I'm also curious, are there any rules with regards to where these people are put? Can this company, can they put them right next to a school? Do we have to at least be a certain distance from the school? So we'll get your thoughts on that right after this break with today's News Talk TNT. We interrupt this program. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Now, TNT Radio News. With TNT, this is James O'Neill. During the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade in Kansas City on Wednesday, gunfire resulted in at least 22 individuals injured and one fatality. Residents affected by bushfires in western Victoria began returning to their communities, only to find extensive destruction. 
Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee is set to preside over a two-day hearing regarding a motion to disqualify District Attorney Fannie Willis from the racketeering case against former President Donald Trump and 14 co-defendants. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yes, exactly. Senator Brian Jones, you know, um, just expanding on that, it's it's one of the most difficult things, I think, for a victim of a sexually violent crime to come forward and to tell their story. Right. It's very um, heartbreaking, and it, it sort of it extends the trauma in many cases for, for people like people like this. So, and and the 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 thought behind it is, I'm going to come forward. I imagine so that this doesn't happen to someone else in the future. So it's like that extra set of trauma that gets someone, you know, like this guy we're talking about in Borrego Springs, for example, maybe you could expand on that as an example. It's like, why, you know, why don't they stay away from the public if they've harmed, you know, especially a young person or, you know, a vulnerable person that badly? Well, your your example of Brigo Springs is probably one of the most egregious examples uh, that we've dealt with because uh, for your viewers that don't, you know, Brigo Springs is out in the deserts of San Diego County. Uh, you know, San Diego County is a, a, is a large county. It's about uh, 80 miles by 80 miles. And the the Brigo Springs is up in the, in the northeast corner of the county. It's two hours away. It's a small community of about 6,000 people about two hours away from any other infrastructure regarding healthcare, law enforcement, uh, you know, uh, grocery stores. Uh, they, you know, they have a couple of small markets down there in the in the Borrego Springs area. But as far as major shopping, major uh, infrastructure, they're two and a half hours away. There's one CHP officer and one sheriff deputy that patrol that area. Uh, and it's a huge square miles of empty vast desert uh, and and we're putting these sexually violent predators out there and in in the case of brago springs they're right next to a family that has three kids and the mom rightfully so is so concerned about her kids that i think she actually moved uh, away from that home because she couldn't stand living next th- the the thought of living next to the perpetrator that she was going to have to live next to god yeah, you know, this is just another example, though, Senator, of the, the accommodations are made for the rapist. Accommodations right. are made uh, for, for for the victimizers, and and these are the most vile victimizers on the planet. And we're sitting there saying, oh, well, they're going to get a free house, room and board. They're going to be set right. up, good little neighborhood. Right. No need for you to look for a, a house. We got you covered. I mean, I've you know, I know that California is loaded with bleeding heart liberal types, but I mean, this is a this is a well, special we, kind of bleeding heart that would well. I think this even crowd. most Californians, I, I think, if they knew what was going on, uh, wouldn't support this whole concept. And we've estimated that it costs the state about four hundred thousand dollars a year for each one of these sexually violent predators that they release. Uh, we've been unfortunately unsuccessful in getting any meaningful legislation through the public safety committee in the Senate. Um, and I, I can't make the argument of why my Democrat uh, colleagues on that committee are interested in not supporting this type of legislation. They they don't. There's not like a big um, lobby 
group up here lobbying for sexually violent predators <laughs> to be released. Uh, so I don't know where their mindset is coming from on this. Uh, but because of that, what, what I did do last year is I worked with a Democrat assembly member uh, from also from San Diego, David Alvarez, and we put together an audit request for the state auditor. So now the entire program is under audit and we're hoping to have that information by the fall on how much the state is spending, what's the recidivism rate, where are these guys, uh, you know, who's keeping track of them, what and what other additional uh, offenses have they committed since they've been out. And so I, I'm hopeful that once we get that audit back, we'll be able to have make some sweeping changes to this system uh, in the future in the next couple of years. I really hope so. And I'm, I'm sure glad you're doing that audit because, uh, you know, just by watching headlines and, and things out of California, which I do regularly, I noticed that in 2020 and 2021, there were an excessive amount of sexual predators that were released from California prisons right. and an excessive amount that only served like less than 12 to 18 months. Right. No, it's unbelievable. And, you know, we have, you know, compound this with the homeless problem that we're having in California. And many of the homeless encampments are, uh, you know, obviously there's people in there that are struggling and, and trying to get their life right. But there's a huge criminal element in these homeless encampments. And many of that is coming from this early release programs, releasing sexually violent predators, releasing rapists, re re releasing sexual harassers early, not completing their sentence, as you've said. And we're, we're compound, we're purposefully compounding this problem in California under Governor Newsom's leadership and the Democratic leadership in both the Assembly and the Senate. God, money. Well, uh, you got one good Democrat there. Uh, we'll I mean, have a handful. The we'll, we'll have some more. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I hope that you can get a lot because, you know, I'd wager all of these people that are that are saying, no, no, no. Listen, they've served their time. They've uh, you, you we've both mentioned the recidivism rate. It's always through the roof. Um, right. and, and I would wager that none of these people have ever had a child or a son or a daughter uh, or anybody in their family that has been sexually assaulted, they may change their tune uh, if, if they had. And I right. would imagine that if they move one, I, I let me ask you this, uh, Senator, in the short time we have left, it, 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 Brian kind of touched on this. Are, can they just move anywhere they want? Or are they like, I mean, I'm sure there's zip codes that say, don't bring that stuff around here. Yeah. You know, no, you know who I'm talking about. Right. Right now, um, our, our understanding is there are no limitations. We one of the bills I tried a couple of years ago was to uh, create, you know, a thousand foot buffer uh, around schools and other, you know, sensitive areas. Like a thousand feet's nothing, by the way. Um, and so, no, there, there's no prohibition. It's it's all up to the, the to actually once it's not even up to the state hospital system or the governor's administrations. All up to Liberty, once these guys are released to Liberty, then Liberty is fully responsible for finding a place and, and keeping track of them. Wow. Just amazing. Just absolutely wow amazing. Is, wow is, uh, you know, your viewers in other parts of the country and, and world are probably, this is not even real. This is a real situation in California. This is the problem why California is flailing right now and people are fleeing this state is because of policies like this.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Senator Brian Jones, yeah. thank you so much. I know this is a big part of your work. This is something that you're very passionate about. And uh, I just don't understand why the uh, the media in California is not backing you on this. It feels like if the media, you know, even just all the newspapers, you know, people still right. read newspapers, even if they were to just make this a head, a front page headline a couple times a month, I think things would change really quick. So, so it's too. really depressing to me to see that the media is not backing you up there, but no surprise there, sir. Sir, we're out of time. Uh, any final comments before we have to let you go? I just want to thank you guys for covering this. And uh, there is a petition on my website for any of your viewers that are in California. They can go on, uh, just Google my name, Senator Brian Jones. My website will come up and uh, sign the petition and help us get this bill passed. All right, let's do that. Let's right. do that nationwide. Hey, I don't care if you're in another country. Go ahead and get in there and sign that petition. We need it. All right, <laughs> Senator Brian Jones, thank, thank you, you so much for joining you us bet. here on State of the Nation. We'll see you next time. This is today's News Talk TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Fresh off her court victory worth over $83 million over Donald Trump, of course, Columnist E. Jean Carroll appeared on The Rachel Maddow Show and expressed her euphoria by making this offer to Maddow. You've talked about using some of Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, or, Rachel. Yes. Tell me. I had such, such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely <laughs> new wardrobes, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? It's yours, Nothing. Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh. All right, all right. Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, is it just me? Or does Carol's offer to Maddow seem to cheapen? and delegitimize all she says she stands for. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. The thing that drives me every day as a dad is him. Every day he's hungry for something. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We've been wargaming what exactly the Democrats' plan B would look like in the case of Joe Biden not actually being a candidate, something happening, I don't know, fall off a bike, choke on ice cream, uh, who knows? I'm being a little bit mean and flippant, but oh well. Uh, some talk about a gruesome nuisance uh, ticket. We've talked, uh, we've you know talked a bit about the clamor about a Michelle Obama, but what if there is no Plan B for the Democrats? Or maybe even worse, what if Plan B is not a political plan, but a series of coordinated events by the deep state and the media? That one keeps me up at night sometimes. Joining us now to, to talk about this uh, potential Plan B, the 2024 election, and his new book is PR subject matter expert, political analyst, and the author of America's Last Stand, 
Uh, will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Mr. Drew Allen. Drew, welcome to State of the Nation. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I was just listening to your recent podcast, and uh, you were talking a little bit about Plan B, and I kind of like the question that you put forth. What if there is no Plan B? Yeah, I, I know this is going against the conventional wisdom out there. People have been speculating for a long time about someone else besides Biden going in there. And I understand that because someone with a rational brain, which people on our side of thinking, we have rational brains. So we might assume, okay, how could they possibly run this guy? But the reality is Joe Biden's perceived and real weaknesses that we're observing today, the fact that he's not there, he's not running anything, those were the same things present in 2020. So there's no there's no difference. If, if Democrats were willing to run him in 2020 with a basement campaign, nothing's changed. They just want to get him across the finish line. And look, a lot of my, my, my observations, too, are taken from listening to what Democrats actually say. Forget all of our funds speculating and so on and so forth. But the Democrats don't have any plans to replace Joe Biden with anyone else. Now, you mentioned and you're correct. Yes. He's old and elderly and frail. He's one fall away from being taken out of commission. But short of that happening or Joe Biden waking up tomorrow and saying, "Okay, guys, yeah, replace me. I'm not going to do it. It's not going to happen. They're going to run him. And what you're talking about with a real plan B would be using the illegal immigrants to vote and other tactics, world world affairs, uh, very dangerous, nefarious activities, uh, you know, like mail in ballots uh, to fix the election. Yeah, to fix the election. Uh, it's, it's great to see you. Uh, welcome to the show, Drew. Um, yeah, we have talked about this. We've, we've kind of, uh, spitballed different possible possibilities. Gavin and, uh, Gavin Newsom and of course, Michelle Obama are always top of mind when this comes up. Um, but here's the thing, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris said last week that she is ready to do the job if needed. And that everybody that works with me will, will tell you that they have a, a belief in my uh, capacity to do the job, which is funny because she can't keep anybody on her staff. You know, they they keep walking out on her. What are they going to do about Kamala Harris? I heard Vivek Ramaswamy last night, I think it was on Hannity, and he said straight up they're going to pull him probably at the convention. They're going to pull the rug out from under Joe. I don't know how that's going to play out, but what is Kamala? Where does she fall into all of this? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the Democrats got themselves in a little bit of trouble. We tend to think correctly based on evidence. In fact, a lot of times that the Democrats are just these strategic geniuses and they do run laughs around Republicans because let's face it, Republicans are some of the dumbest people on the planet. Me being a conservative American, I have to acknowledge Republicans are, are, are idiots uh, there. So it's easy to outmaneuver them. But, you know, in this particular circumstance, well, let me say one thing to preface and then I'll, I'll get to the Kamala thing. You know, we look at Joe Biden a lot of times in terms of his corruption and the bribery schemes and everything else. Right. So, for example, Joe Biden has been paid by the communist Chinese and other uh, uh, enemy nations out there. So we say, oh, my gosh, this is problematic because he's compromised. It's China that can control him. Actually, what does Joe Biden need? All of his criminal offenses, for the most part, were committed under the Obama administration. Obama knows about what he was up to and what he did. So actually, the people that have the most control over Joe Biden, the people he needs the most is the deep state. It's Obama. It's those people. So he's the perfect puppet, not because China owns him, 
but because he needs the deep state to keep running interference for him and protecting him and his son. And so look, think about this. No president in American history, president, right, has done more damage to this country than Joe Biden. Okay, he did more than Obama, anyone else. So they want to keep him in there because this is this is great for them. He's totally controllable. Now, Kamala, Kamala was like the most brilliant choice they could make for a vice president because the only thing worse than Joe Biden is perhaps Kamala Harris. And she's in there for two reasons. She's a dark-skinned woman. All right. She's not white. She doesn't look like me. Okay. That, that's number one. DEI hire. They wanted that. They announced that we need a black woman. And secondarily, they needed someone who was even more spineless than Joe. Somebody that was not going to challenge it. Because it, look, if you're in there and Joe Biden, the, the, the idiot with, with, with oatmeal for brains, is your boss, are you going to sit there and shut your mouth as the VP every day and, and be so reliably just quiet and supportive of this person that you see that is just so dumb when you're waiting in the wings saying, you could have me, Kamala Harris. So they had to pick somebody who was also controllable, which is Kamala Harris, because nobody liked her in California. She never would be where she was were it not for the Joe Biden selection, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's play this forward then. Joe Biden is the candidate for the next election. Um, what do you think happens in the lead up? Because uh, we're looking at, you know, so many vectors of attack and vulnerability. You, you pointed out a couple of great examples there. Uh, and we're already suffering under, you know, uh, the, the fentanyl deaths, the rise in crime, uh, our culture just, you know, crumbling under cultural warfare and stuff like this. So so how does it play out? How does uh, the, the Biden White House as a as, as Biden as a proxy for Obama, as you sort of point out, probably and the deep state? How does that how do you think that looks for, uh, you know, the run against uh, presumably Trump? Well, I have to preface my statement with everybody watching, you better go out and vote for Donald Trump in 2024. You better not sit at home and say they're going to steal the election. My vote doesn't matter. Don't do that. Don't do that. We know they cheat. They've been cheating for decades. They've been cheating since JFK. This is what Democrats do. 2020 was unique. It was on a scale that we've never seen before. And that's what happened. So, you know, I, I want to put that out there. Now, look, they have a lot of moving pieces right now. Firstly, they're running a full on propaganda campaign, right? Worse than we've ever seen in this country and our history. It is a war against reality. We have the Bureau of Labor Statistics that is cooking the books in terms of employment numbers. They're including uh, full-time workers who are then picking up a part-time job because they can't even make it with their full-time job. This economy is so bad, and they're counting that as a job created. There have been really a net gain of zero in terms of actual uh, Ameri people born in this country who are getting these jobs. They're all foreign-born individuals who are getting these new jobs, and they're lying about the numbers anyway. I just want to remind people that in quarter two, a couple of years ago, I think it was 2022, we had them say, the Biden administration, that they created 1 million new jobs. That was in quarter two. Now, fast forward to December when everyone's forgotten that and the talking points out there that a million jobs were created in Q2, more than any president in history probably was what they said. Well, the Philadelphia Fed looked into the numbers and discovered 
oh, actually, they only created 10,000 jobs, not a million, like they said. So this is the kind of stuff we are up against, all right? Up is down, down is up, right is, you know, I mean, everything is flipped in this universe that we're living in under the Biden administration. So that's number one. We've got to be prepared to address this. They're trying to blame the border, for goodness sakes, on Trump and Republicans. They, what do they do? They promote a bill that is really a foreign aid bill. Recently, this was defeated. It was pulled by McConnell, right? But this is the bill. It was like the Inflation Reduction Act. Hey, we are going to address inflation with the Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with inflation, but we're going to call it that uh, because who can oppose it, right? Like Black Lives Matter. Of course, Black Lives Matter. You can't oppose it. Well, it's Marxist, but Black Lives Matter. Anyway, this is what they do. Word games. So now, you know, the border bill the Republicans, the rhinos were happy to go along with this because they hate Trump, too. And, you know, they propose a bill that like the fourth priority is the border. It's going to give some money down there to help facilitate additional illegal immigration. It just makes illegal immigration legal. But it's a border bill. And now they say there we are trying to make this an election year issue after 16 million have come into this country, likely under the Biden administration. That's number one. But they're going to use these illegals to vote. We've seen them on the border with pulling out pieces of paper. The, the reporter says, hey, you're from, you're a long way from home, fella. Where are you headed, military-aged male? Well, uh, let me tell you. It says it's an address at the city center in Philadelphia. Gee, what's Pennsylvania? A swing state that, that Trump probably won, actually, legally, in 2020. So they want to send these people all over the place. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, it's just, it's insane what's going on. But this is the single issue, I think, that's actually the most important to talk about is illegal immigration on the border because we can change policy if we get Trump back in there and start to dig our way out of this mess, foreign policy, et cetera. But you know, when you when you want to talk about 16 million illegals here in just four years, that's going to take a lot of guts. Yeah. And 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 it's also going to run into all can you imagine the lawyers are just chomping at the bit uh to, to take these cases because they're going to take them because that's what they do. Uh, you know, you said something, Drew, that that, that kind of struck me. You said that um, you basically said this; it's unreality. Well, I made that point yesterday. I said we keep hearing about a two-tiered system of justice. We've got a, a two-tiered system of reality in this country right now. Uh, there's the reality, reality, and then there's the reality that they keep telling us. Joe Biden is cognitively on top of his game. Never been better. He plays a, a three sets of tennis a week. Uh, you know, this kind of garbage, which we all know is BS. But then you get this story that dropped from, uh, we're going to be talking to George uh, uh, Papadopoulos a little bit later about this, but this story that Schellenberger, Taibbi, and uh, uh, what was the other guy's name? Gutentag uh, put out that basically says everything that we were told about Russia, Russia, Russia was cooked up in the Oval with John Brennan of the CIA directing the five eyes intelligence agencies that would be canada the uk australia new zealand and the states to target trump people i mean it's not just that they control the media it's not just that they control academia it's not just that they control hollywood they control everything that's a big lift man i mean and to your point yeah go vote for god's sakes go vote but it's easy to get cynical when you see what they did in 2020 um, what do you think is going to be different in 2024? Well, look, the thing that's going to be different in 2024 is hopefully Americans that have some guts and determination, that have some cojones. I would like to remind people that 2020, despite what they did, and they did steal the election, 
Um, in fact, there was a recent study out that that said that the voter fraud was actually above 25 percent. Anyway, long story short, they never, ever would have won the election, even if there had been with three percent of voter fraud. This study de- determined uh, that was enough to throw the election for Joe Biden, and they are certain that it was above 25 percent. But but we knew we saw the video ev- evidence with the broken pipe and this and that in Atlanta, Georgia. We knew it was in front of our faces. And we've since seen judges get involved in cases in Democrat elections in which Democrats were running against Democrats, Democrats just months ago, where the judge is presented evidence of a of, of ballot stuffing. And they actually got involved in these cases and overturned the election results when it was Democrat versus Democrat. So this is what they did in a large scale. So we had the opportunity on January 6th. That was the last chance we had because no court had the guts to stand up for the constitutional republic. Speaking about attacks against democracy, the judges in this country are cowards. And that's what happened in 2020. Oh, 60 courts threw out and said there was no, no, 60 courts refused to even hear the cases. And then we got to January 6th and we had the lawful abilities, our last opportunity to actually air out these grievances, to hear the evidence and lawfully based on, I I, I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to go down down the rabbit hole here, but people should understand the irony of January 6th. They were using the Electoral Count Act of 1887, which was created as a response to Democrats having stolen an election 11 years before. Okay, so Samuel Tilden was a Democrat and Rutherford B. Hayes was the Republican. And I just want people to know that Samuel Tilden and the Democrats stole that election and Samuel Tilden was was determined to be the winner. But Republicans said you stole the election, F you. But they didn't have a process to deal with the stolen election. So they went behind closed doors and lo and behold, they made some concessions. But Rutherford B. Hayes, the Republican, actually came out the president of the United States. So fast forward and they create the Electoral Count Act, which is confusing as hell, has never been tested before, but is a process to deliberate this very circumstance in Congress. And that's what Republicans and Trump were planning to use on January 6th. And it's possible, totally possible, because there were enough senators and House members on board to contest it, that those would have been shot back to the individual states and they would have been looked at and Joe Biden might not be the president. But the deep state, January 6th was not a Trump-led insurrection. It was a Democrat deep state rhino-led fake staged insurrection to rubber stamp the certification of Joe Biden and force people like you and me to live in fear of talking about the fact that we're living in a country that is being occupied by people who stole it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it really, to me, also begs the question, uh, you know, when when we're at that point, when we're looking at it from that level, it begs the question, um, what happened with our military? What happened with our general corps? Because uh, they, I recall a letter coming from them basically saying, yeah, we're not, we're not going to, you know, get involved in this contestment. That to me is also very disturbing. Uh, we're we're just about out of time here, but uh, I'll give you a quick moment to shout out your website, your Substack, and a quick response to that in about fifty seconds. Well, sure, you can follow me and my columns and all that at DrewAllen.Substack.com, and the book is America's Last Stand: Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? It is that simple. So, you know, last year when everyone else was waiting to be told who the candidates were going to be, I was writing a book that said it's going to be Trump versus Biden or some Democrat they might replace him with. And you better vote for Trump and you better convince other people to vote for Trump. You're going to lose your country.
All right, there you go. Uh, pick up your copy of the book, uh, America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Drew Allen, thank you so much for joining us here at State of the Nation. We'll look forward to having you back on the show again very, very soon here at State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. Stay tuned. <laughs>